Father God, we just pray right now that, Lord, you will do something new in our hearts. That, Lord God, we've just sung about bringing new wine out of us. And, Lord, we know that you are the one who brings the good stuff out of us. That, Lord, you take the, the old stuff and the dross and all the stuff that's no good. And, Lord, you refine us and you challenge us and you change us. And, Father God, we ask right now that, Lord, this would be one of those moments where, Lord, you would transform us. That, Lord, you would change something in us. Lord, that you would squeeze, Lord. You know, as, as the vine is squeezed, as the grape is squeezed, out comes the wine, and the wine is good stuff. But sometimes, Lord, when you squeeze us, it's not so good stuff that comes out. But, Lord God, we ask that you would take us through that refining process. That, Lord God, you would put the squeeze on us, so to speak. That, Lord God, as you squeeze us, Lord, and as you hold us, Lord, and as you lead us further into you, that, Lord, the goodness of you, the grace of you would pour out of our lives and we ask it in Jesus name in Jesus name Lord let this be a new season let this be a season of new wine that Lord there's a change coming there's a transformation coming and Lord we hold on to that truth that Lord you are bringing something new bringing something fresh so we ask right now in the name of Jesus Christ Lord God bring forth a newness, a new wine out of our spirits today. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Thank you to our amazing worship team. You know, things don't always go according to plan, do they? And behind the scenes, Pastor Jason explained today that there's a lot going on and there's a lot of people on board helping. Well, last night, um, I decided to change the plan that we had in place. Mind you, we had this plan in place last week or even before that. Um, I decided at very last minute to change the plan. And it was a good plan. But every one of the team, they got on board and they did all the things that were necessary to make this new plan happen. Then about five minutes before the service started, something happened and we couldn't execute my new plan. And so... Our team very quickly turned around again and went to the original plan. And I just want to applaud them and I just want to thank them for their willingness, for their hard work, but mostly that they are adaptable. And there are times in our life where God wants to change the plans. He wants to cause us to be malleable, cause us to be adaptable. And yet through life, we often get stuck in the same ways. We get stuck in the same habits. We get stuck in the same situation. And we don't want any changes. And change is so uncomfortable. But God asks us to be ready and willing to step into those moments, to step in to those plans that sometimes change at last minute. And he is a God. He is a God that is ready and able to carry us through all the ups and downs and changes of life. And some changes that hit us is when things go wrong. Maybe when things go wrong in our bodies. Maybe when things go wrong in our mind. Maybe things go wrong in our emotion or in our spirit. But things just aren't the same. They're not as they should be. 
And so there are times like that where we want to be normal, whatever that is. We want to be healthy, whatever that is. And we need to seek God for healing. Maybe we've tried all other resources and all other avenues. But I've got to say today, I've got to reiterate what Pastor Jason said, that God is a God who heals You know, he's still in the business of healing. He's still in the business of the miraculous. In fact, if you were to ask yourself today, why have I come to church? And if you look around you, we're all so very different. And yet we have this one thing in common, Jesus Christ. Because something changed our lives. Something that was miraculous, something that was beyond ourselves, something that was supernatural. And even through this pandemic season, God is still the same. He's still doing his miraculous stuff. And you might be in this place today, and you might be in need of something like a miracle. And maybe you might be in need of a healing. Well, you are in the right place. You are in the presence and place of God. This is the house of the Lord today. And the Holy Spirit is present and willing and wanting to work in our lives. You know, he is King of Kings. He is Lord of Lords. He is the beginning and the end. He is the Alpha and the Omega. There is no changing with him. And he is here. He is present with us right now. And I want to show us a story where someone needed a healing. And we're going to follow the process of this healing story. Because during that process, God said something that he wasn't expecting. It's not always about getting what we want. It isn't always about the answer to our prayers. But God wants to take us through a journey of getting to know him deeper, of getting to know him better, of being able to trust him even more than we could before. So are you ready to go deeper in God today? Are you ready? Let's open the word of God. If you've got your Bibles with you, we're going to look at John chapter 4. And I'm going to start at verse 45, but before I do, let me just pray. Father God, we we thank you that you are present in this place today. We thank you that you are present about us today. And Lord, we thank you that you care. You care about the way we came in. You care about our week and how it's been. Lord, you care about every part of our bodies and our emotions. But Lord God, We come here today because we seek your presence. So we ask in Jesus' name, open up our hearts to receive the truth of your word and let it free us today in Jesus' name. Okay, John chapter 4, verse 45, I'm starting at. When he arrived, this is Jesus, when he arrived, the Galileans welcomed him. You know, it's really good to be welcomed. Have you ever been to a place or walked into a place where you are so not welcome? Well, there were many places where Jesus went, and he wasn't welcome, mostly in his own town. They say that a prophet is without honor in his own town. In other words, they were familiar with Jesus the carpenter or Jesus the young boy. They didn't realize that this also was the Son of Man, the Son of God. And so I can imagine Jesus walking into, this, into Galilee, and when the people welcomed him, I'm, I'm sure that he was a lot happier. 
They welcomed him because they'd seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover festival. Just before this chapter, it talks about Jesus going to the, at the Passover festival at Jerusalem. And there he'd done loads of miraculous things. And they'd been there, the Galileans. Again, he visited Cana in Galilee. Remember where he turned the water into wine? And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and he begged him to come and heal his son. He was close to death. But Jesus says, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will never believe. The royal official, <laughs> he said, sir, will you come down before my child goes? Go, Jesus replied, your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. And while he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that the boy was living. And when he inquired as to the time when his son had got better, they said to him, yesterday at one o'clock in the afternoon, the fever left him. Then the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. So he and his whole household believed and this was the second sign that Jesus performed after coming from Judea to Galilee. You know, this man is an official, it says in the Bible. It says he's a royal official or a government official. All we can deduce about this man that comes looking for Jesus is that he is a powerful man. He is a man that has been privileged. He has got a position. And he is, is a, he's not even a Jew, but he's probably a Gentile. So he's an outsider. But there's one thing that draws him to Jesus. He needs a healer. And so he comes to Jesus because he knows that Jesus is a renowned healer. It's almost like going to a carpenter because you need some, some job doing with wood. But he comes to Jesus because he needs a healer. And there isn't one other that, that he knows better. So he comes to Jesus, but he comes as a father. He's desperate. His child, his little boy is so sick that he could die. You know, my granddaughter that was born premature, um, her parents had been through a yo-yo um, few, ta uh, 18 months really, of, of, of praying, of, of, of worrying, of worrying about the sickness of their child and, and how her health is. And anyone that's got a sick child, any parent that has to go through this would know the anxiety that this father felt. So although he was a privileged man, although he had power, although he had position, and although he had authority, and he probably had loads of money, there was nothing he could do to help his little boy. He tried all the doctors. He tried all the medication. He tried spending all the money that he had. And now he was exhausted with trying. He'd come to his end. There was nowhere else to go. It's at those times when we have nowhere else to go. It's at those times where we've tried every other avenue to solve our problem that maybe finally we get wise and we go to seek Jesus. He goes to seek Jesus because he's heard about him. 
He's heard that he's done miracles. He heard about the, the wedding at Cana where he turned the water into wine. He heard about the festival at Jerusalem where he healed the sick, where the blind saw, where the lame started to walk and where the deaf could hear again. He was the healer and it was all across the news of everywhere they went. He, he, he could follow it on his, social, on his social feed. But he went seeking Jesus because he'd heard about his reputation as a healer. In John 20, it says this, Jesus performed many signs in the presence of his disciples and others. But they're not all recorded in this book, but they are written down here so that you would believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you might have life in his name. You see, Jesus had a purpose for healing. They're called signs, signs and wonders, miracles. And they all point to Jesus. Jesus' miracles and healings were pointed to him that he, would, he is God. He is supernatural. He has all power. He has all presence. He has all authority. That it is God come down in the flesh. And he do the things that normal people couldn't do. He was ushering in the kingdom of God. He was ushering in the presence of God. It was a new era. So everything that Jesus did in signs and wonders and healings was a pointing sign that I am God. But right now, at this place in time, this official didn't quite get that. All this official needed was a healer. He didn't need God. He didn't need anything else going on in his life. He just simply needed someone to heal his son. No strings attached. There are times when we see amazing, miraculous healings, and yet people still don't turn to Jesus. It doesn't mean that it wasn't God. It doesn't mean that the miracle isn't supernatural. It simply means that we have a choice to believe, to trust, and give our life to Jesus. But that's what they are for. The signs are put in place as indicators. It's like saying, this way, this way to God, this way to salvation, this way for your life to be free and for you to live in Jesus' name. But this man has an emergency faith. He has a desperate faith. In other words, it's temporal. It's not a lasting faith. It's, he's going to pray just because he's got a need right now. There were times in war, in the trenches, where the situation was so fearful, so bad, where people were dying, that there were, oftentimes soldiers would pray to God. There was battle, and there were bullets flying, and there were bombs exploding, and they were feeling panicky and fearful and for their lives. And maybe when they're in that situation, maybe we're in that desperate situation, and it feels like we're in a trench, when we're in a battle, when all the bombs are exploding, when all the fear is hitting our life, that we cry out to God. Maybe we remember that our mum used to pray for us, our grandmother used to pray for us. Maybe we remember we went to kids' church at one time in our life. Maybe we used to be in church at one time in our life. But there are those moments in our lives where we have that desperate faith, where we have that emergency faith where 
we have that temporal faith and we pray to God, heal me, help me now. I'm desperate. I'm needy. And then it gets all okay. God answers our prayer and we carry on and step back into the stuff we were doing, step back into our normality of life. It's almost like an Aladdin's lamp that we put on a shelf. You know, Jesus, we're going to just put you on this shelf right now like Aladdin's lamp and then when there's a need in our lives, we will take the shelf down and we will rub it because we've got to do it the right way. You know, we've got to do a few works, we've got to do a few prayers, we've got to go church a bit and then, then we're going to rub the lamp and, hey, Jeannie, answer my prayer. Give me my healing. And when it's done, let's put Jesus back on the shelf and let's carry on. But you see, Jesus, he is the same Lord. He is the same God. He is the same almighty, sovereign saviour before you're going through your trauma and while you're going through your trauma and after you've gone through your crisis because Jesus Christ is the same today. He's the same yesterday and he's the same forever. Jesus does not move like shifting sand. He remains solid foundation, the rock on which I can stand. Forever he is faithful. Forever he is the healer. Forever he is my savior. He does not move according to life's situations, according to life's crisis. He stays firm. In fact, Jesus doesn't move, but he moves the mountains in my life. In fact, Jesus doesn't move, but he causes me to move because he wants me to go higher and higher. He wants me to go from glory to glory. He wants me not to have a, a low faith, but a higher faith. He wants me not to have a low trust in him, but a high trust in him. He wants me to have not a low knowledge of him, but a high knowledge of him. So now and then, he will cause me to go higher and higher and higher as I travel through life, trusting in him, he will move me on. It's amazing that God doesn't leave us as he finds us, but he takes us from glory to glory to glory to glory. He doesn't want us to stay at a place of having an emergency faith, a temporal prayer, a quick fits, a shallow crisis moment faith. He wants to move us on to a life saving, a life sustaining, a life soaring, a life empowering, a life everlasting, eternal faith. A faith that goes with us through the ups and with us through the downs and with us through the normalities. A faith that sustains us in every course that life sends us. But this man, who was an official man, he was looking only for a healer. But then something happens. As he approaches Jesus and he says, come and heal my boy. Come down to my house and come and heal him. He's, he's saying, I believe you. I believe that you can heal. I've heard about it. I've seen it. Now just come with me. You went with Jairus's father and you went to the house and you healed that little girl. Now come do it for me. But as we look around, sometimes the way that God does stuff in people's lives 
It's not the way that he does it in our lives. It isn't a same old, same old, but maybe you need it a little bit differently because maybe you need to grow in some areas that someone else didn't need to grow in and so forth. It isn't a one size fits all. And so he starts to acknowledge that actually this, this guy, Jesus, he isn't just a healer as good as that is, but he's a leader. He's someone that is going to lead me. He's someone that's going to give me advice. He's someone that's going to help me. He's someone that I've got to listen to. He's someone that has got a proven track record of leadership skills. And so not only do I need a healer because I'm in a crisis and it's drawn me to Jesus, how often can a crisis turn someone to Jesus. God can use even the worst moments of our lives to turn us around and allow his glory and his healing and his hope to shine through. This man has already committed. He's walked nearly 25 miles in those days and he's been walking because there was no taxi, there was no Uber, there wasn't even many horses. But he set out and he's already committed to the journey of finding Jesus. He's done 25 miles to find this healer and now he's realizing this, this, this guy is also a leader but he's not coming to him to worship him. He's not coming to him like he's a, a sinner that needs forgiveness. He's not coming to him like he, he's interested in having eternal life. No, he wants a healing, and now he's desperate. Now he's needy, and Jesus rebukes him and says, unless you people, he's talking to this guy as well, unless you people see signs and wonders, you simply will not believe. There it is again. Jesus is not just interested in healing this little boy of this man, but he's interested in this man coming to faith in Jesus. But he still doesn't get it. Sir, come down before my child dies. Hey, oh, Jesus has just said no. Jesus has just said, you know, unless you have signs and wonders, you ain't going to believe. And he still says, please, please will you come down? In the Greek, this word means to repeatedly implore, to beg. This man has got so desperate. Have you ever been that desperate in your life that you sink to your knees? Lord, heal him. Heal my son. Lord, heal me. I am so desperate. I have got nowhere else to go, nowhere else to turn. Lord, hear my prayer. And yet Jesus seems to be so nonchalant about this. He seems to totally ignore and not be swayed by this, this poor man's desperation because he continues to say no. In fact, this man who's had authority, and that's why he's so cheeky that he comes to Jesus and he says, come, healer, come, come to my house now. But Jesus turns it around. And instead of the come to my house now, he points to the man and he says, go. Go away. Start walking away. Is, is that Jesus? Is, is that what Jesus does when we're in such a, a weak and desperate situation that we've got nowhere else to go and, and we come to him? Maybe he's come with the wrong attitude. Maybe he's come with the wrong mindset. Maybe he's come with the wrong idea. Maybe Jesus is trying to teach something to this man. Maybe I don't know, but I just know that Jesus' heart went out to this man even when he says no. 
Won't you come with me? There are times in our life where it feels that Jesus ain't coming with us. And we have to step. And we have to start walking. And I can just imagine this guy, this official, he stops and, are you sure you won't come with me? Jesus, I can't do this without you. I'm not the healer. You're the healer. You need to come with me. But he step by step by step goes towards that where Jesus told him to go. Many times in our lives where we have an instruction from God or we just sense God telling us to do something, but because it feels so lonely, because it feels so wrong, because it feels so empty, because it feels not like where I'm going to get my healing from, not where I'm going to get my miracle from, we don't want to go. Now, right at this point, this man could have doubted. He might have doubted because there are times where even through the fear, even through the doubt, we have to start walking in faith and I'm not sure whether he ran or whether he kept going so slow because he wants an immediate answer he wants it now and as he walks away from Jesus and then he loses sight of Jesus in the distance and he keeps on walking further and further away I wonder if it crossed his mind the further he walked away from Jesus was it the further he was walking away from the chance of his son being healed? That's a long walk, you know. 25 miles, they reckon. Gosh, I don't know how long that would take me because I'm, I'm not a great walker. This guy might have been used to walking. But I can imagine all that time of walking, the emotion going through his heart, the questions, the doubt. I can't say for sure that this man was full of faith and that he was full of obedience, that he was going to just take Jesus at his word, but his actions did it. Maybe his head didn't do it. Maybe his heart didn't do it, but he made his feet do it. And he started to walk and he started to go further and further and further away from where he thought his hope was. There are times when it feels lonely. There are times when it feels like we're going the wrong way, but we're trying to be obedient. He had nothing to hold on to but the word of God. And he clung to it. He hoped. He believed with all his strength, with all his might. He was following what the leader had told him to do. He was trying to be obedient, not that that was going to earn him any favor. He was trying to keep in step with what the Holy Spirit was saying. And when we are in those times where it feels like it's pressing us, where it feels like it's crushing us, can I still worship? Can I still sing? Can I still pray? Can I still believe? Can I still trust? Can I still hope? when I haven't got my miracle that I desperately, desperately need. Some miracles take time because God is doing something within us. He's more interested in what's going on inside of us than what's going on on the outside of us. You can trust him, whether it's a sudden healing or whether it's a long time coming healing, 
You can trust that God does not waste any of that time. God's timing is perfect. A delay is not a denial. And as he walks further and further away, and as he gets closer and closer to his home, he sees in the distance his workers, his staff coming towards him, and they look kind of joyful. And as they come closer, they're shouting, he lives, he lives, he lives. And I can imagine this father who was so desperate was now crying out in in such happiness. He lives, he lives, he's been healed. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you to the healer. He lives. But something else happens to him. He went to a man who was a healer because he just simply needed a healing. He went to a man who was a leader simply because he needed direction. He needed instruction on how to get this healing done. But something now happens. While he walked that long walk where it felt so long and lonely, he realized that his heart was changing. He realized he needed Jesus. He realized he needed Jesus, the person, not Jesus of what he could do. How often in our lives are we after what people can do for us rather than appreciating who they are? This is Jesus. He is a savior. There was a a realization. There was a a revelation. You know, 25 miles holding on to just a little word from Jesus. Uh, And he says to his workers, let me just check this. Is this a coincidence? When did my boy get well? One o'clock this afternoon. One o'clock. That was the exact time that Jesus had said, go, he lives. The miracle had happened the moment Jesus spoke. And yet, he did not receive it then. He did not know what was coming to him then. He was walking in anguish. He was walking in confusion. He was walking in doubt. Will God heal? Does God care? And yet, all the time, Jesus honored his word and instantly his boy was healed. Oh, Jesus is who he says he is. There is no doubt this is not a coincidence. This is a revelation. And what is more is that Jesus wasn't even close by. Jesus could just say the word from anywhere in the world, anywhere in the earth. And his word had power to heal. This man has a revelation that this guy, Jesus, is not just a healer, not just a leader, but he is his personal savior that cares very intimately about every part of his life and those who he loves. And he is worthy of his trust. He is worthy of his time. He is worthy of his praise because of who he is. And that even though he walked and he believed without the evidence, he was walking towards a miracle and he didn't realize he was walking towards a miracle. But in that time of that walking in faith or not faith, in confusion but obedience, in that time he was walking, something changed in his heart and he began to live his life with a different walk. 
You know, there's a story in the Old Testament about a man called Jacob, and he wrestled with God one night, and he wouldn't let go, and, and he wouldn't let go until God blessed him. And when God blessed him, he knocked his socket out to prove something, that when you have been had an encounter with Almighty God, you cannot walk the same. Now this official walks different. Now he's not called an official, but he's called a father in the Bible. Something has changed in his heart. Something has changed in his mind. Something has changed in his life. He has encountered, he has encountered his living saviour and he has tasted real life. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. God is in the business of healing today, but he is so much more interested in your heart. It's your heart that he's after. Yes, God does do miracles. Yes, God does do healings, signs and wonders. But without your heart, it means nothing. Without your surrender, it means nothing. Without you realizing that you need Jesus as your savior, it means nothing. About 10 years ago, I woke up, I think it was um, New Year's Day. I'd gone to church the day before and I'd preached a sermon. I got into bed and then I couldn't get up the next day. In fact, I couldn't get up the day after that or the day after that. And the days went into weeks and the weeks went into months and round about springtime, I remember getting out of my bed for the first time in about three or four months. Something had hit my life. I was diagnosed with something called myalgia encephalitis, which is ME. There had been a lot of stress in my life and something had happened and a sickness hit me. And Jason, my husband, took me around to many doctors and hospitals and we went seeking for help and I was getting worse and worse and worse and eventually I was in a wheelchair. I couldn't look after myself. My husband had to wash my hair. He had to cook my meals. I couldn't look on my phone. I couldn't watch television. I slept about 20 hours a day, maybe 25 hours if it was 25 hours. My life was gone. My daughter was getting married and my heart sank that I couldn't help her get her wedding dress. And then the years went on and my daughter was pregnant, having my first grandchild and I wasn't going to be able to hold the baby because I would drop it. Life was over. Friends slowly drifted away because I didn't text back or didn't speak to them or couldn't have the energy to meet them. All of a sudden my, my full diary was cancelled, cancelled, cancelled. Life as I knew it had ended. And that in itself caused me to lie down even more. You know, I've, I've often shown this illustration where I just lay down and I couldn't face the world. And my sickness held me down because I had no strength to get up. And the longer you lie down, the longer your sickness or your circumstances are heavy on you, the harder it is to reach out. And I would try and pray and cry out to God. And sometimes I would go to meetings and people would pray for me. And I was so exhausted when they prayed for me. I would say, I'm not going to church anymore. I'm not going to any meetings. I don't want to be near Christians. They don't understand the effort it takes out of me when they pray for me. I was desperate. I was crying out to God. 
My face was on the floor. Lord, heal me. Month after month, year after year. But nothing happened apart from I got worse and worse and worse. Eventually, the specialist said, there's nothing we can do. There is no cure. There is no medicine. You have to live with this situation. I think I got to the point where I eventually thought, okay, Lord, I'm going to start praising you anyway. There were times I didn't feel like praising God. There were times I had no energy or effort. I could not read my Bible. And yet something inside would stand up in a, in a new strength. No one could see it, but I would be praising God. And I made that decision. Lord, if I just continue to get worse and worse, if this is my life now, I am going to praise you. I am going to thank you. I am going to have a thankful heart. I am going to find things to thank you about. It's not easy. I'm making it sound easy. I don't mean to because there are many people with chronic sicknesses and illnesses and it is tough. But I made that decision. And for me, I went to a place, um, a meeting, and I was prayed for one final time against my will. And, and someone said to me, what is stopping your healing? And I came out with it. Because there is no cure. The doctors have declared there is no cure. The people around me started to rebuke those words. They started to pray the fire of God down. And then gradually over a period of five days, I got stronger and stronger and stronger. And then eventually I had an encounter with God, with God. I was, I was on the floor and, and the power of God came upon me and I could not move. And as I lay there, I could hear thunderous noise like angels all around. And then I could look up and I could see angels. And I said, Lord, what are they doing? What is all that noise? And I just heard God's voice say, they are protecting the presence of God. But what was happening was I was having an operation in the spirit and God was healing me and he was putting me back together. And when I opened my eyes, my husband said to me, you've been healed. I said, how do you know? He said, because your eyes have been gray for four years and now they are white. I got up. The next day I went swimming. The next day I went shopping for eight hours. I had time. <laughs> I had a lot of time to make up. I had a grandson on the way. I had loads of clothes to buy. And we came back, and then when we got to the airport, because we'd gone away for this conference, when we got to the airport, the, the airline people were looking for the lady who needed the wheelchair. And I just knew I could not sit in that wheelchair because I wanted to keep hold of my healing. I wanted to walk in my healing. I was rejoicing that I had to stand in the queues of the passport control. I had to stand in the queues of getting my luggage. I had to drag my luggage, and there was no more wheelchair to push me around. And I couldn't get ferried in in the VIP area, but I was rejoicing. Yes, yes, I'm healed. So when we got home, we decided we weren't going to tell anyone for a while because we were going to test it. You know, you need to test these things, don't you? It could be a relapse. I could get sick again next week. But the first day back in church, my husband Jason started to tell our congregation, and we were in Gladstone Road at the time, and as he started to speak and say about my healing, there were other people in our leadership team at that time 
that also had had chronic sicknesses. And they came forward and we laid hands on them and they were healed instantly in the name of Jesus. As I'd been going through my trauma and, and my sickness, so had many other people. That was over 10 years ago today. I have never had an encounter with ME since. There have been many other things where I've needed healing. Many other times when I've needed healing and it comes in different forms, slower or through the doctors or through medication. But there was that time in my life where it was instant, where there was no coincidence, where it was dramatic, where it was supernatural. And you know what? In my Bible, when I read it, there is so many healings that can affect us and where we should gain our faith from. There was the woman with the issue of blood. There was the man with the withered hand. There was the man with a severed ear. There was Peter's mother-in-law. There was the paralytic that was pushed down on the roof by his friends. There was the deaf. There was the dumb. There was the blind. There was those with leprosy that were cleansed. There was the dead son. Then there was a dead daughter. Then there was a dead man. Then there was Lazarus. And Jesus Christ raised them from the dead. How about you today? You might be in need of a healing. It might be in your emotions. It might be in your mind. It might be a physical in your body. But if you need a healing today in this place, why don't you try and stand to your feet? If you're watching online, then just do this act. And if you can, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet if you need a healing touch of God right now in this place. Because God is in the business of healing those who need a miracle. It is a sign, it is a wonder, and it points to Jesus because Jesus is the healer. Jesus is the only one. Jesus has all authority. He has all power. He is almighty God. I wonder if Pastor Jason would come and join me as we pray for these people that are stood right now. Heaven came down on that day with this guy with the sick son. Heaven came down and touched that little boy with God's power and glory. The day that I got healed dramatically, heaven came down and touched my body and the glory and power of Jesus Christ set me free and healed me. Today, that same Jesus is here. Today, that same Jesus is right where you are right now if you're watching online. because of a illness but you can stand on you can stand on the inside you can stand on the inside by faith I'm going to pray it's not going to be a long prayer some of, you, some of you, as I said before we started this meeting, some of you are going to get healed instantly today in whatever area you need God. And some of you are going to walk away from here on the word of God and walk towards your healing. As your healing comes towards you, but it's going to be a walk of faith. Yes, Lord. So let's lift yes, our hands. Lord. If you're online, just lift your hands where you are. Lift your mind, your emotions, your body. Lord, we come today and you tell us to lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. We're just going to obey your word today. 
So, Father, all over this building, Lord, we, we stand together, Lord, in agreement. Yes, Lord. And, Lord, we just speak healing right now, Lord, over people's minds. Yes, Lord. Emotions and bodies. Yes, Lord. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Be healed in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Be healed in Lord, Jesus' name. just move by your spirit. Touch people right now. In Jesus' name. Those online, let your presence touch them. We speak life to you. We speak hope to you. And yes, we speak Lord. healing to you. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. Amen. Amen.